Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by my friend and sex and relationship therapist, Dr. Hernando Chavez, and we're talking about why we should think about sex differently. Topics include, sex isn't just the old in and out, so let's think outside the sexual box. Backdoor play, better ways to dive in between the cheeks. Why Valentine's Day is the best time to jumpstart your bedroom activities and getting over sexual anxieties. It's a lot more common than you think. All this and more, thanks for listening. You know that I'm all about having a healthy masturbation practice because we all deserve pleasure on the regular. One of the best parts of my job is when you get over whatever's holding you back from trying something new, you listen to my advice and realize how much pleasure and fun sex toys can really be. So let me tell you about Plus One. Plus One is a new brand that's committed to making sex toys more accessible. So what do I mean by that? Well, how about a collection of quality toys that sell for $30 or less? I know. I didn't believe it either until I tried them. And trust me, these aren't cheap vibrators that lack quality. You know me better than that. These are rechargeable, multifunction vibrators made from safe silicone. Plus One makes four models, a bullet, a rabbit, a clitoral vibe, and a penis ring. They're covering all the basics. Again, each with a price tag of $30 or less. These are great options, whether it's your first toy or you're just adding it to your collection. Oh, and you know what else blew my mind? You can get them all at Walmart. Yes, Plus One toys are available in tons of Walmart stores all over the country and even online. But you can learn more about them right now by going to sexwithemily.com slash plus one. That's sexwithemily.com slash P-L-U-S-O-N-E. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com. You can also find me on SiriusXM Monday through Friday on Stars 109 for even more great sex talk. It's from 5 to 7 Pacific, 8 to 10 East. If you don't have SiriusXM, you can get a free 30-day subscription at sexwithemily.com slash SXM. M. As always, thanks everyone for following us on social media. It's at Sex with Emily across the board, but also another reason to follow, besides the fact that you love our pages, is that we're doing giveaways. Check this out. Foria Awaken. We're giving away four bottles of Foria, which is the CBD pre-lube that relaxes your vulva, essentially. And makes sex better. From now until Valentine's Day, email feedback at sexwithemily.com with the subject Foria Giveaway, F-O-R-I-A, and tell us why Foria will help jumpstart your sex life. Please include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Also, Woo More Play. We're giving some away, and if you don't know about Woo More Play, it is awesome. Woo More Play is a coconut love oil, so it's an organic personal lubricant, and it is so delicious. It's coconut oil, vanilla essence, beeswax, stevia. It tastes good. It feels good. It, you can also use it for massage. All we need is for you to follow us 
at Sex with Emily. Take a screenshot of you listening to the show, wherever you listen, upload it to your story, tag Sex with Emily, and write one sentence on why you love the podcast. We'll be putting it in our story and then choosing a couple people to win Woo More Play, one of my latest Lee obsessions. Hope you guys enjoy this interview with Dr. Hernando Chavez. Hello, thank you for having me on. I'm so glad for you to be here, Hernando. You haven't been on in a while. I mean, you've been on the podcast several times. Last time, I believe I shot some lube in your face using a lube shooter. Oh, it's not the first time. Probably won't be the last time, but <laughs> exactly. accidents do happen. Whatever happened to the lube shooter? Oh, I love lube shooters. I know, really. So that happened. And Hernando is a marriage and family therapist. He's a doctor of human sexuality. And he's in the Los Angeles area. I think lube shooters should be stocking stuffers. It's not a bad idea, including lube. It's not a bad idea Huge fan of lube. If you want to know more about him, he's at drhernandochavez.com. We'll put that in the show notes. You guys realize that any product, anything we mention on the show, information, we put it in the show notes at sexwithemily.com. Oh, and on Instagram, he's at Hernando underscore Chavez. If you go to my Instagram, sexwithemily, we just did a little story. The stories, you can check it out. Good to see you, Hernando. You too as well. And I want to start off by saying congratulations. You won an incredible award last night. The Expiz Sexpert of the Year Award for 2019. Congratulations. I'm going to do a little applause. Thank you. He brought us some champagne here to celebrate. I appreciate it. It was a big night. Our industry, man, that party, it's a, it's funny because it's, um, how long have you been in this industry? You know, I've been uh, floating around for about 10, 12 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Say like 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it really is. It's not a huge industry. Like I feel like last night were the people in the industry, right? People in the pleasure business. Yeah. I find that, you know, at, at, in January, especially is when we sort of group all these different communities together. It's the, the adult industry, the sex toy novelty industry, the sex educator industry. And there's this sort of morphing of sexuality professionals and people who are, you know, really open-minded and trying to put forth pleasure and, and advocacy for sexuality. So it's, it's a good time. It is really the one place that you go and then there's actually they honor us the sex parts so that felt great to be surrounded by so many people that we've worked for in the industry that are just cool making cool products and and there's some kick-ass people that you're in, in that small group of Sexpert of the Year award winners. There's Jessica Drake. There's Dr. Ava Cadell. There's Dr. Jessica O'Reilly. There's now Dr. Emily Morris. I mean, that's this is a, this is a, the creme de la creme of yeah. sex ed. And I feel like we need more of us too. You know, that's the other thing. I feel like we all are really very supportive of each other in the sense of like. I'm glad that we're all doing it and we need more people talking about sex. So did you have any highlights last night? Always seeing uh, old friends and like just rekindling new relationships. I mean, you know, there's nothing better than uh, seeing a friendly face, grabbing them, going to the bar, having a drink, shooting the shit, catching up. I think that's just, I mean, to me, relationships make the world go round. So I just love my friends, my like family. My, yeah, my family. How about some of the awards besides the besides my award? Um, Sex Toy of the Year non-powered. We're very proud of our friend Forrest from Aneros for the Trident series. Have you tried it? Excellent. Um, Aneros products have always been wonderful. Um, actually, when I talk about delayed ejaculation and erectile concerns with uh, students and also with clients, we always bring in some Aneros products about uh, how that could be a wonderful product for you to help with either that, uh, plat- that you know getting over the orgasmic hump or just about increasing your pleasure. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, you guys, because I think you're going to open up a whole, uh, a whole thing here is that we get a lot of calls from men who are concerned about their ejaculatory control whether it's too fast or delayed ejaculation and i think there's a lot of that delayed ejaculation is not as well known and that i always feel like it's i don't have the perfect solution for it because or even uh uh 
premature. It's like you got to work at it. There's things you can do. But talk to me more about prostate play and delayed ejaculation. Yeah. You which know, means you, let's just define delayed ejaculation. You define it. I define it all the time. Sure. Uh, it, it's essentially. <laughs> I love what, having another sex doctor here. <laughs> I'm just going to hang out. Yeah, have some champagne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delayed ejaculation can be defined as uh, uh, not being able to experience orgasm in a timely manner when you're involved in a, a sexual sort of situation and scenario. And for many people, it becomes a stressor and anxiety and it becomes a very fixated problem that they, they start to sort of magnify because, uh, you know, sometimes we do put the microscope under the areas that we're struggling with. And for a lot of people, especially with, let's say, uh, heterosexual relationships, to have long intercourse sessions can begin to produce pain or maybe sometimes people lose a little bit of that zest and desire. And so it can be a concern if people are making orgasm the ultimate goal, if they're in a very orgasmic centric perspective with sex. So we shouldn't be as orgasmic perspective, orgasmic focused. Yeah, I think we should stop when we stop. We should have fun when we want to have fun. And I think we should, uh, uh, you know, not every sexual experience has to end in an orgasm. I mean, when I do sex histories with clients, sometimes they'll tell me like, what is one of your uh, greatest sexual experiences or some of the most arousing, you know, fantasies you've had? And sometimes people will say, well, I had sex once outdoors or in an elevator at a hotel in Vegas. And there wasn't an orgasm involved, but there was a huge rush and an excitement. And I really hold on to that because there's an example of you can have fun and not have to put pressure on yourself although that's you know a little tricky with the uh, public sex stuff right oh, with public sex harder to have an orgasm yeah yeah, well, yeah and hard pleasure but but you're right we did that show Jay remember with all the guys mm-hmm. it was the males talk sex show we did yeah three guys talk three sex. guys talk sex it's a podcast <laughs> you guys if you're for your weekend listening we've got hundreds of podcasts you can check out but and the males it was interesting because I went around the room and I asked them all for their most memorable sexual experience and for all the guys it was something sudden it was the random like woman that they met at the hotel bar and they had sex or it was sex outdoors and it, it wasn't about the fact that they climaxed together or she gave him the best blowjob it was sort of this spontaneity it was something that was unexpected it was that element of surprise and unknown and not planned and that's what we define so I think that's such a great loop back and how do we how do we continue to keep knowing that like sometimes there's challenges around sex and not to make it all about that I mean like what you're saying it's just I guess it's just hearing us say that one way that we could do that is start shifting our goals and expectations you know for many people it is about coming or it is about uh, you know a certain sort of like milestone that they're hitting with their sex and I encourage you to to bring it back into something more realistic like maybe my goals and expectations should be around pleasure and connection and what a wonderful I mean you can always reach those goals if that's what you're sort of uh, realistically expecting you can always connect and be intimate with a partner you can always experience pleasure and enjoyment and enhancement Um, and I think that can alleviate some of that anxiety and pressure which leads to things like premature ejaculation and erection concerns and female sexual pain and delayed ejaculation which are oftentimes very anxiety based if there's delayed ejaculation delayed ejaculation you were saying I want to talk about that because that's usually typically if you if it takes you 30 minutes or more Mm -hmm to orgasm during a sexual act. So my question is, it's about, we were talking about the uh, tridents or the inerals or prostate toys. How does that help? So the prostate is inside, uh, it's actually 30% of, I'm sorry, 70% of our ejaculatory sort of emission. And the prostate, when pleasured or pressured or or, uh, stimulated, can actually facilitate more pleasure and it can increase sort of our erectile capacity and also sort of facilitate um, faster the uh, ejaculatory response. So basically, if you stick something inside of your butt and (laughs) if you're pleasuring that area, it can actually make you come quicker and it can keep you harder. And for a lot of people, it feels really, really good, but then they have to work through some of their own sort of of uh, hangups, which is the miss that they have about, is this make me gay or is this something that's unhygienic and, and I have to get over my fear of poop? And there's so many things that people have to sort of work through. But when you finally work through it, it's like, 
when you're having sex with a, let's say let's say it's a, a male and a female doesn't matter what what I mean it's a heterosexual experience no matter what's happening whether there's something in your butt or not right I mean, so you've got to get over this idea that uh, uh, there's anything that's compromising or challenging of your orientation because sometimes it's about discovery of the erogenous zones in your body and sometimes they're not where you expected them to be exactly and then for a lot of men too you're right that is a thing that like it's for exiting or it's going to make me gay but what we're saying is a sexual act does not determine your sexual orientation so I feel like um, yeah it's important to talk about that and also just to let guys know that it's cool explore or maybe start with a butt plug or like a cool prostate toy. You know, I met this girl on, uh, on on Tinder a couple weeks ago and she actually offered. She said, oh, do you want me to put something inside your butt like my finger? And I what? thought... Wait, when you guys were having sex? Yeah, and I, th- I thought, wow, times are changing. Now they're offering. Wow, really? <laughs> you weren't even promo- You weren't even saying I knew, like... I didn't even ask. And, did you, and she asked you though. Can I do it? And did you say yes? You know, I told her that it sometimes takes me a long time to, to come with a blowjob and, and then she just offered. So I, I'm assuming that she's had a lot more experience and it's been something that's come up and, you know. But she did ask, she's like, should I put my finger in there? Yeah. Or was it before? Okay. Did she have lube on her finger? Like, how can you put a, if you've never put a finger in a butt, what, 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 what would you say? Hands are clean. Nails are trimmed. Just put it in there. You know, sometimes when you see women with really long fingernails, you're like, okay, that, those claws... Maybe no. you need to stay away from my penis. Right. <laughs> there's exactly. a little bit of like, there's a concern. You don't know how that's going to turn yeah. out. Um, but at the same time, I think there's, there's you know, some basics like having trim sort of uh, uh, manicured nails. Um, so for some people, the hygienic piece is also important. So uh, even if, no matter who's sticking who in, into what person's uh, uh, ass, you can always put a condom on your finger too as well. I mean, mm. not all of us have finger cots. I think that sometimes isn't really accessible or, or handy, but put a condom over your finger and that's uh, at least going to protect you from having to like to do the whole hand cleaning and washing and sometimes, you know, within your fingernails and such. Yeah, that's really, that's really good advice there, Hernando. Wow. What is the, um, well, uh, Jamie has a question for you. She's been dying to ask you about anal. So I'm just going to go down the anal route. I do. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. She wanted oh, to yes. know about prepping for anal. So yes. we get a lot of questions about people. We talked about this. A lot of the fear around anal. Okay. Let's talk about the fears that women have. If they're having out their fear about preparation. What do I, do I need an enema? Is it going to hurt? How do you make it not messy? A lot of women have really bad first time experiences like oops, wrong hole. And there was no lube. And Jamie's specific question was around like how to prepare for it. Enemas. Yeah. Yes, and- enemas. That's. I was just curious because I've never seen one in action. So I was just like, so how does that process go? Is it better to use one? Like, how? Yeah. So a few years back, I was uh, asked to be a consultant on a sex ed video where we got to write a script on anal. And that was something I was really passionate about. We have to include the anal bulb, uh, the enema sort of scene. And we have to include the lube shooter scene because these are <laughs> really important to me. It's not just about jumping into like yeah. having anal. And I was so happy that they accepted that in the script. And we, and we actually recorded that in the video. Um, for the bulb, you know, some couples and people like to do it with partners. That can mm-hmm. be an erotic experience, but I think most people want to do it solo and take care of that on their own. Um, generally, you want to do that a few hours before you're going to be uh, sexual because there is going to be some leftover sort of uh, water inside of you, and, and sometimes it can oh. sort of ooze out uh, during the sexual experience. So give your body a, a few hours to let it reabsorb whatever's left over. But um, to take that enema bulb, to not use any type of saline solution yeah. or salt solution, just use regular water that's mm-hmm. you know, lukewarm. Um, and then in, in, uh, to fill up that bulb, to lube up the tip as well with lubrication because to insert it mm-hmm. inside of you and just squeeze that water allow it to fill up inside of your rectum go to the, the toilet push it out and do that about three or four times and you'll notice that the end of the, uh, the the third or fourth time there'll be a lot clearer water coming out and that's when you know that okay it's a it's there it's a there's you know nothing left over it's a lot more sort of clean in there 
Yeah. One thing to note is that the rectum doesn't hold our feces. It's actually within the colon. That The rectum uh-huh. is more of like a transport system. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a tunnel. And as long as we clean out that rectum, it should be okay. Okay, okay. interesting. Because I've literally never, I was fascinated. I was like, I've never actually seen an enema in action. Yeah. And I didn't want to look up well, a video. So, Well, here's the thing. Well, here, here it is like a walking video. So any sex uh, questions <laughs> at all, 888-947-8277. But the other thing I want to emphasize too is that not everybody needs an enema. Like at all. Like in fact, do we know our natural bowel movements if we're clean? Like I understand it might make people feel extra safe. But I also think it's not necessary if you've had a healthy bowel yeah, if, movement. You, if you've just had a bowel movement, um, you know, depending on your diet as well, too, if, if you're like living at the Taco Bell drive-thru, you may want to reconsider uh, just sort of <laughs> naturally letting things happen. But, uh, um, you know, for people, it's also about peace of mind. Sometimes there's not much mm. even in there. It's just about reducing anxiety. And isn't that what we're trying to do with sex is just let's take the anxiety out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's so fun. Much, so much anxiety around sex, huh? Mm-hmm. What do people most common come to see you? Like, what are the most common things that clients patients come see you about usually it's about uh desire or erection difficulties or uh low intimacy in relationships maybe they've had a long-term relationship and the spark is sort of diminished but uh, what i find is that performance anxiety is one of the most common experiences that people Mm. are really inside of their heads that there's so many distracting thoughts and worries and concerns and they're just like there's this 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 statement that this uh, term called spectatoring where you're kind of observing and witnessing the sexual experience but not really immersed into it because you're so concerned about are they orgasming am i going to stay hard are we having fun i'm going you know you're just sort of out of it's sort of not an embodied experience but it's more of like a mental distracting sort of a, a concerned experience yeah i feel like that is the, the big challenge we were talking about that earlier like so what do you tell and it's probably different for men and women or what's your practice around it what do you tell i know it depends but give me an example okay so i'm a woman let's say if it's a woman coming in and i'm I'm just thinking like, I I hope that I'm doing this right. I hope he thinks my body's attractive. I hope I'm moving right. Um, I hope I have an orgasm. I'm just distracted. And I so I never really get pleasure. I'm perfor- I'm, I am feel like I have to perform. And then I never have orgasm. Sex is over like, and I just find myself in my head, for example. You know, for that example right there, I'd want, I'd want to uh, understand more what is inside of her mind. What are some of those distracting thoughts? What are some of those self-defeating thoughts? And one of the uh, first initial quote unquote homework assignments I'll give in therapy is I want you to write down all the distracting thoughts, all the thoughts that come up before being sexual, during being sexual, and also just some some general ones that you have throughout life. And it's very interesting to find out what people sort of share. They all have different uh, fears and concerns. It could be around body image. It could be around, it doesn't line up with my faith. It could be around um, pleasing a partner and them not orgasming. So then it takes me out of the situation. There's just so many worries that people have. And Part of my job is to help sort of challenge each of those worries that we go through them and we start trying to process why the, where these worries came from, maybe their origins. Maybe we're going to process sort of uh, reasons why we, we can challenge sort of that the exception to those myths or those rules that they've created. And for a lot of people, it's really about trying to um, challenge and shift the way that they're thinking so that they can go into these experiences with um, more confidence, more empowerment and less sort of doubt. So it's kind of breaking down what they, so then you challenge, they put all their beliefs down and then you're like, okay, I probably see a theme here of what you're worried about. And then in the moment though, when you get into the, the, the you're having sex, what do you tell them? Like I have a lot of different ways, but I, I'm just curious well, then what? I figured it out. I talked to you. You're my therapist. I love Dr. Chavez. Oh, my God. I feel better. I let it go. I realize that, like, my body's beautiful. And then, but it happened again. Like, what's the tool for in the moment? 
I think it's important for us to not only come to those realizations in our work individually, but also to bring them into our relationships. So communication is an important uh, part of that. So if you have body image concerns, for example, and you bring that into you know that, that those questions and those sort of doubts within your relationship, you'll get that reaffirming sort of response, that uh, acknowledgement or support or validation. So let them beautiful. know I'm worried about it. So it's 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 important, I think, for people to get that sort of external validation to support the internal validation that you're creating. And you'll find also too that a lot of times the worries that we have are are different than what the partner's even thinking about. Yeah. They're oftentimes like they may be concerned about their breasts sagging or their stretch marks or their body image. And then all of a sudden the partner's like, no, actually I think that's really beautiful. Like like right. I love seeing you nude and I just wish it would happen more. And um and, and if anything, like, you know, they're they're like I part of your imperfections are, are beautiful because I also am aging and have my imperfections and yeah. together we can just sort of enjoy our lives together and it's interesting how we oftentimes um, really are self-critical. Yeah. Dude, that's my biggest thing. I mean, I feel like when I talk about my insecurities, my overall thing is that it's not even, I can't even pick apart one body thing but it's more like uh Doubting, what, Jamie, tell me what it was earlier. What was my issue? You're just really hard, hard on, on myself. Yourself. I'm hard on myself. So not even like critical about one thing. It's like I'm just always think I should be doing something more. I should do it better. I should do it faster. Something I've ever, I've noticed <laughs> Thanks, with, with people is, uh, you know, there's that, that age old question: What do women want? And what I've been finding is that it's really about feeling wanted, desired, mm-hmm. appreciated, and adored. Like there, if we can Cherished. create like our yeah, like a cherishing of our partners where they're valuable and and. Um, and we do want to touch them and, and be sexual with them and we want to communicate with them and I think that people really respond and feel supported and validated and valuable. Yeah. And it's, and, an, it's crazy when you said that term like what was it spectator? Spectator. Yeah. It's crazy. I was like Julie oh, I saw Julie's what? face she's yeah. like what? Spectator? I was like uh, okay hello breakthrough. I was literally like when I feel like some like there'll be times I feel like when I'm like on top and like a guy will be like oh like you look so great like that and then suddenly I'm like oh I have to keep looking good because this is like what's turning him on right. and now I'm just watching myself be on top and be like sucking right, your stomach yes. I'm like sucking my stomach like, gotta be, still be attractive and I'm just not enjoying myself at all but I'm like oh he thinks it's cool to be on top I should like look as good as possible yeah. while I'm in this and then it's yeah it's totally a like pleasing other people kind of problem and you know, I wonder what the, that that person's experience is. They're probably just excited to be there. They're so happy to get laid. That <laughs> that's uh, the thing. Like literally, just... he's not like, oh, she just her stomach just came out, or she arched back in an ugly way. Oh, she's not hot anymore. I know it doesn't happen intellectually. You know that, right? And so my thing is always in that moment is to just recognize the thoughts. And I'll bet even when, if you're having sex tonight, who knows what could happen? Mm. Um, that now when it happens, you'll be like, oh yeah, back to the, what? Back to the, how does this feel that I'm grinding on him? And then you yeah. just get out of your head. And I believe for me, the more times I've learned that like my thought, bringing back to the moment, back to the moment, they don't, they're not as frequent. The, the negative thoughts during sex or the worries that I'm not doing something. Something I've encouraged uh, clients yeah. and, and I do it myself and I encourage friends as well is that... Uh, if you're able to relax yourself, whether it's like meditation beforehand or breathing work beforehand or massage before you're getting sexual, and <sighs> and then even when we're in the moment when we start getting into the, into our heads or getting distracted, to just close your eyes, to take a few deep breaths, and just tell yourself, get back into the moment, get back into the body, get back into the sensation, and you just sort of like get back into that rhythm and that groove, and, and even if you're closing your eyes for a few seconds, cause, which yeah. I think it allow us to focus on that sensation or focus on that breathing, you start realizing that this feels a little bit better. Yeah. That, that to calm the mind and to feel the body and to feel this, the intimate sort of sensations, that that's actually nice. Yeah, and that, and that immediately drops you into the present moment with the breath. We talk a lot about that, but I can't mm-hmm. emphasize it enough that not only is breath like important for 
life <laughs> we're not breathing we're dead but during sex <laughs> when you breathe like literally like sometimes I breathe so loud even I'll just go <sighs> like uh, three times even if it's during sex I don't care but it, it literally just shakes everything out of my head and then I'm back in the moment and I don't care if it was weird or anything but I, I'm i not worried about because I know that that's a better alternative than to me tripping on whatever it was in my mind and then you realize that when you breathe it also really really helps with pleasure with circulating that energy that blood flow through your body and also can help enhance orgasm I found when I think that's not going to happen and instead of thinking is it am I almost there I just stop and I breathe deep so it's almost like I've set up like a Pavlovian response to my is it going to orgasm or whatever is annoying me like someone going to walk in is there a doorbell I'm hot I'm cold I breathe into the moment loudly wherever to stop everything and then I'm like back to the present moment enjoying sex I love it wow look at yeah. you turning no. everybody on the room it's oh, crazy. baby I'm breathe just... it deep deep breath <laughs> well like I, I love to meditate but like I've truly never even thought about connecting meditation with sex which oh. makes so much sense yes we talk a lot about yeah. mindful uh, mindfulness sex being sex and being mm-hmm. mindful I think is we should do a show on that I think we have done podcasts mm-hmm. on that but um, yeah it really is a, know, it's a huge practice meditation apps but no like meditating while sex apps. (laughs) You know what? I actually, I was on my friend Tal's podcast. It's called the Den Talks Podcast, Den Meditation Center. And I talked to, I did a little on the fly, a mindful meditation practice because I, like, like Dr. Chavez says, is that it, it really is probably one of the biggest issues. And I feel like people have been more able to articulate that in the last few years. I found for whatever reason, I, or maybe it just seems more prevalent that people are so much more distracted that it just seems like we got to incorporate that. And it really is, if you want to practice a mindful um, practice, I talk about starting with mindful masturbation. So when you're masturbating to also just be like, do that deep breath, focus on all the senses in your body, what's happening in the moment, and then um, practicing. So you, when you're in the actual moment of sex, you're not tripping on your thoughts and there's a biological reason why that's so important and valuable you know in our brains if our brains are stressed and dysregulated it's going to impair the functionality of us being sexual or experiencing pleasure orgasm sensation uh, circulation for erection or for lubrication and and, you know if we can relax the brain we're actually opening the doors for us to experience more possibilities with our sexual cells with our sensory experience so um, you know there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic is what creates anxiety stress fight or flight or fear and then the parasympathetic which is what we're talking about it relaxes the brain the more we can create that relaxation the more we're op- opening the door for us to have circulation to have erection to have uh, a potential like engorgement of uh, around the pelvic region to open the door and facilitate orgasm like there's a bio- there's a reason this is actually effective yeah good great way to back it up with science here Dr. I like bringing mm-hmm. science and sex yeah. together. I yeah. just love it. I really, <laughs> no, because it's all yeah. connected, you know. I it, it really is true. So I do that uh, in the bedroom. All the scientists are like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Tell yeah. me more research. Keep going. More research. That's so hot, Dr. Chavez, the way you talk about sex. Do you feel like that people, women, want to date like you because of what you do for a living? I'll bet the same thing happens with you, though, that like, they love it and then they're like a little intimidated by it and then there there's like some insecurities that come up and there's just always like this like it can be a little challenging for people for lay people that think that you know they think that they're uh, inferior or they think that you you know every we time know you're hanging everything. out with a sexologist you're having sex with all your friends and like you know uh, not big every kinky time. orgies <laughs> not every time <laughs> is our big kinky orgy I mean sometimes I'm just exhausted I'm like 
out with you. I mean, just so, one. Sometimes we all just get <laughs> just, just one a, tonight. Just a threesome. Yeah, exactly. Just a threesome is a relief. I know. I mean, sometimes we just get together and put on a porn or watch it together and eat we popcorn. Do. Porn. Yes. Lots of porn. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to get into your calls and even more sex talk. I love coming to work every day, mainly because I get to talk to all of you, but also because my team often greets me with, I love those boots. Where'd you get them? And I don't even pay them to say that. But these four words are sure to make me smile every time. You know I love compliments. And it's not just like I have some crazy shoe budget. I just have a secret weapon. JustFab.com. JustFab is my go-to site to see what's new and trending in boots, shoes, clothing, and accessories. And it's all personalized to me. It works like this. When you visit the site for the first time, you take a quick style quiz. Once you do that, JustFab customizes your shopping experience so your favorite styles rise straight to the top. You can shop as a guest or become a JustFab VIP. And take it from me, becoming a VIP is by far the way to go. VIPs save up to 30% off retail prices and get access to tons of other exclusive perks. Just Fab's memberships are flexible, so each month you can choose to shop or skip. You shop the way you want to. I love it. Now that it's officially boot season, it's time to refresh your look. And if you go to justfab.com slash Emily today and sign up as a VIP, you'll get your first style for as low as $10. That's justfab.com slash Emily to get your first style for as low as $10. Justfab.com slash Emily. So let me tell you about my first time buying a sex toy. I was 22 years old living in San Francisco and I walked into a local shop called Good Vibrations. It really blew my mind. I mean, I pictured sex toy stores to be these dark, dingy places, but it was so open and well lit. It was like an Apple store for vibrators. So I walk in and one of the workers approached me and she immediately put me at ease. She was like, hi, so let's talk about your orgasms. You would think a stranger asking that would make you nervous, but she immediately made me feel so comfortable and helped me figure out what would be best for me. Thank you, Pocket Rocket. At the time, I wasn't even aware that my life would also become devoted to helping people with orgasms and sex, or that I'd be fortunate enough to work with Good Vibrations later down the line. This is why I am so excited to have you guys get to know them as well, if you don't already. I mean, they do run some of the best and most respected adult boutiques in the country. And now with their online store, you get to have that same shopping experience and expertise without ever leaving your house. Seriously, guys, they just know quality. I mean, if they have it in their store, I trust it. And if they don't, I have to question it a bit more. It's not just me that feels this way. I can't stress enough the standard they set in the industry. And I'm even more excited because now Good Vibrations runs the Shop with Emily page on my website. So be on the lookout for some great sex toys and sexy announcements. To see everything Good Vibrations has to offer, just go to sexwithemily.com slash goodvibrations. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash G-O-O-D-V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-S. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com SXM. That's sexwithemily.com SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. 
I'm here with my my good friend and colleague, Dr. Hernando Chavez. He's a sex therapist, sex educator. He teaches the kids in the universities about sex. And he can hear um, answer questions, you know, tag mm-hmm. team. And we were together last night and he was with me when I won my sex bird of the year award. So thank you to XBiz. I haven't thanked him yet. Thank you. It was a big thing. Big oh, night. it's mm-hmm. a huge thing. I know. It's amazing. I love it. So there's that. And um, so, Hernando, we had some more questions for you. Did we want to take a call, Jamie? Producer? Let's take a call because I just want to talk to this guy a little bit. Um, right. His name is Ray in 44 in California. And he wants to know if it's normal for a guy's age to have sex 27 times in six days. Hey, Ray. Hey, how you doing? Are you just calling us in between sessions right now? Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to have to cut out right now. Um, Ray, is it normal? We hate to throw that word around in our industry, right? You know, that word always gets broken down. Yeah. 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 So tell me more. What do you think about it, Ray? You having good sex? You've been busy. Um, It's always foreplay. It's always, you know, I like foreplay. Right. Uh, I like the, I like the, the whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, my my priority is always make her come first, or two times, and then, and then, and, and it's over for me. Um, I'm I'm the dude that's gonna that's gonna cuddle up after okay. it's over with. Okay. All said and done, and then five minutes later, I'm gonna go again. Five ten minutes. Wow. Okay. So here's my question, Ray. So is this a problem? So 27 times with with the same person, or like 27 different women? I'm trying to get to the heart of what the. Oh no, I, I'm not that kind of. Oh, guy. same I'm person. Oh, you're in love. Okay. So what? So six. My math is best. So that's like five times a day. Almost. Three, four times a day. Four, five times a day. She had a little stomachache one night, so we 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 only. Oh, I hate that when she gets stomachaches. <laughs> well, wait, wait, how, and you guys been together a while, or it's a new relationship? This sounds like a new relationship kind of thing, but uh, it's not really quite new. It's just that Ray's you know, based chill. on the, our demographic demographic separation, it hasn't been really easy for us to until recently to to really be together. But now they're now it's going to be that we're going to be together for okay. We get married so soon, so. So yeah. the question is twenty seven times is it and you're she's and it's not always penetration or it is. Is it is it what now? I'm Are sorry. you having pen? You said there's a lot of foreplay. Are you saying a lot of foreplay leading into intercourse or penetration? Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I don't yeah, really. I enjoy every part of the body. Okay, well, here's when when there's a problem during sex, like when we would say, yeah, there's a problem. It's when there's consequences or it's getting in the way of. You can't show up for work because you're always having sex or you're masturbating and, you know, if there's a, a problem. So, as long as everyone's having a good time, it just sounds really busy. I'm sort of exhausted, but hearing about... What do you think, Dr. Chavez? I mean, you know, to me, it's 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 not as important to focus on frequency for people. I think that sometimes we, we put so much emphasis on how many times. I think it's about how our relationships can manage and how you, you mentioned, Emily, our life can manage it so that if some people prefer and, and desire in their relationships one or, once or twice a, uh, a week or a month and some people want it four to five times you know, per day, um, as long as you can, you're both on the same page about it and it's something that's enhancing your world and it's not coming at a cost with other sort of consequences or responsibilities being you know challenged, I think that's wonderful. And what's challenging is that sometimes we find partners that have 
different libidos and sort of differing sort of amounts of desire that they want to express and being sexual. And that's where it can be challenging. So in relationships where there's high frequency sex, sometimes people might go through a stressful period. They may go through like a, 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 a you know, their own sort of challenges of like a health issue with a family member and all of a sudden their libido takes a dip. And so then a partnerships have to find a way to incorporate masturbation or, you know, just find a way to support each other's sort of sexual needs when they start changing. Right. So right now, I think you're in the, a sweet spot, right? If she's happy, you're happy. We're happy. You know? Oh, we, we're both, we both have about the same libido. <laughs> we both have about the same libido. Oh, All right. You found the perfect person. Yeah, this like. is a great person for you now. So if it changes, you know you know where to find us. Thanks, Ray. Thanks yeah. for calling Sex with Emily. Thanks, Ray. Have you fun. You can all call us. Have a good... Seriously, we don't need to tell them that. I mean, really. 888 You've not one but two sex sex doctors, sex uh, sex therapists, sex experts here in the room. And uh, we love taking your calls and talking to you about sex. Conano's an old friend, too. Could you keep friend. up four times a day? Um, if I was on vacation... Every day, four days? Yeah. I mean, it's been, I mean, uh, no. I can do a couple of those days, maybe a vacation, three. you know. If but, I'm on vacation. But I think for like consistency in, in, in life, I think I'd. Uh, no. And how do you know? How do you count? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think when I was like traveling the summer for two weeks, we were having sex all the time. But no, I don't think I could keep it up. I'd be like texting in between. I'd be like, I need the title for the show tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like, I need your help. I'm like, I'm having sex. The good news is like, if I'm having sex, I could never have guilt around it because yeah. it's, it's research. You know, it's, it's something that I talk a lot with my guy friends about is like, the the physical exertion of being sexual that sometimes like masturbating even if you want to have let's say three or four orgasms per day that having sex three or four times a day can be really exhausting yeah but you know squeezing in a couple masturbations with like that sex sometimes like bounces out the the need for the release but also the the physical exertion yeah it's true you're right there is a certain thing like where it can be it is exhausting for men the refractory period I mean I'm I'm impressed by Ray forty four four five times a day because mm-hmm. as you get older can be harder for it just takes a little bit longer the refractory period for men to get going again get an erection to ejaculate oh i remember one time i was in college and i had i just bought my girlfriend a like diamond rings for uh earrings i'm sorry for valentine's day and she was so thrilled her first pair so like the next day she like fucked me for like nine hours straight <laughs> and like i came more than i ever have in my life with one person like it was just it was and then my dick didn't work for like four days after that really it was just like, broken it took, dick it took a break oh, right yeah, you're like depleted he's like peace that, out that dick went on vacation it was like for running four a dick days. marathon yeah i get <laughs> yeah. it man take take a sauna like, with that dick do something i'm like relax I'm like, <laughs> ice it put it on ice yeah like oh this is that refractory period the now dick I on get ice. It. yeah right that's yeah it. like what do you do besides, can you do anything but wait well you just wait you're just like crossing your fingers and then she's wanting more because i guess she's so excited about the diamond earrings and, and i'm like <laughs> that works it's not working and i can't help it yeah the diamond rings i guess i mean maybe they are girls best something I don't Buy know. jewelry. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Or vibrators. Here's my thing about Valentine's Day, which not to worry, we've got your ass next week for Valentine's Day. The next, I guess, well, we still have a month. But in our business, it's mm-hmm. like, it's coming up fast. So my belief around Valentine's Day is make it about your intimacy and your connection. You could go out to dinner and spend a ton of money, which is probably jacked up three times the price. Or you could get your partner something super sexy pleasurable a sex toy an experience like a really great evening and we're giving each other massages buy some candles i just think like why not there's so many other nights of the year where we don't focus on it that i don't know how that valentine's gate got hijacked by flowers and candy and food why not why didn't it get hijacked by sex Mm -hmm. like why can't we so i just and and it got hijacked by capitalism too like you you go to dinner that night and it's like oh it's a 200 dollar you know 
for two people, you know, $100 per plate, you know, sort of experience. And all you're thinking is, oh, we want to have sex. I shouldn't eat too much because right, right. I want to go and have sex. Right? right? And then you got to you got to use that old uh, Dan Savage line where, like, you should have sex before you go out to eat and before you go out because you get too tired after you eat and after you go That's out. That's my thing, too. I always say winner, winner, sex before dinner. Do it. I like that. Because then you're not stressing and then you can eat whatever you want. Get mm-hmm. dessert, have another cocktail. Work up an appetite. Not Work ha- up an appetite. Maybe you'll do it again. Maybe, but there's no pressure. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you go on the date and you have all the buildup and you drink too much, you eat too much Taco Bell, then you get home and you're like, I don't want to sex. Well, hopefully you're not going to Taco Bell for Valentine's well, no, Day. But, but. Oh, not for Valentine's Day. Well, Hernando was talking about, I'm sorry, um, that, I, that was a, a callback to anal sex and Taco Bell. <laughs> Which two things that should not go together? No tacos and anal. Don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to circle back to the butt. What we've seen here, Hernando, on SiriusXM is that, or you know, I got to say, we've been hearing a lot more about it. I would say, in the last year and a half, the whole sex with Emily empire here no but that that men it used to be like don't worry anal like doesn't make you gay to but now there's a lot more straight men i found who are dabbling and they're interested in prostate play and even pegging and jamie had some specific questions from well no see because i've always it's been a fantasy it's been on the rise to to peg someone mm-hmm. but i don't want to i want to peg a very specific kind like a manlier man and first we have to define pegging because I know from my friend Vicky in San Francisco who listened to the show a month ago texted me and said, what is pegging? Hernando, you define it. Pegging, it's a term that was uh, popularized by Carol Queen um, a couple decades ago. And basically it's um, a female dominant strap on play with a male submissive. Thank you. Like she's wearing a strap on that has a dildo on it and she Carol's uh, bend over boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Is that still the the leading, I was on DVD video on it, it, you know, back in the day, because there wasn't like downloads and pirating, right. like it really. We're talking did. the '90s or '80s, '70s. I mean, it came out. It was a long uh, time. I want to say like early '80s, 80s maybe. Yeah, early '80s. Yeah. yeah, good vibrations. Yeah. I think you'd still find it there. So anyway, pegging. Back to you. Yeah. yeah. So do you, James? See what were your questions well, about pegging? I'm saying like, so do you see that like with like do people come into you and talk about that as a fantasy and like do you think is it normally like is it just about the power play or what is the it's a little bit about both. I think that uh, you know, depending on on people's desire for submission and dom- domination within their their, their uh, sexual play, I think that that in part is part of it. That's the psychological piece. But then there's also this pleasure piece where when people experience something within their rectum or within their sort of b- a body area that they just newly discovered, we get really excited about playing with it. And you know, sometimes I'll tell guy or, or I'll challenge guys to, to to answer this question: Does it feel good when you have a really like? pleasurable bowel movement like does it feel good when you sort of ex- expel that and a lot of guys will say yeah it feels great I'm like well that's kind of the experience with pegging for some people mm. because that bowel movement is sort of going through the rectum but it is sort of rubbing up and sort of going past that prostate so there is some pleasure associated with that release now imagine if that's happening over and over again with the in and out penetration of, of uh, pegging um, you know, but there is a psychological arousal. There is like the dominant sort of submissive piece that you're bringing up. What I find is that uh, when you discover a new pleasure zone, that uh, people just get really excited about it. Mm. But then there is that internal conflict between the the fear of people judging us and the anxiety about is this something that's compromising my orientation? And we've got to work through that. Uh, but if you can, you can really start sort of add another nugget to your sexual repertoire. Yeah, there you go, James. There's the pegging questions because we do get more of those. Yeah, I want to switch. I want to switch gears here for a minute. You said, we talked earlier about um, people, a lot of the challenges that people have um, during sex, or things that prevent us from having 
sexually healthy lives. And we talked about faith. You said people, it could be their faith that's tripping them up, their religion, how they were raised. That's a tough one when you, you're you not even aware of it, maybe. Like maybe it's not as conscious that it's still ruling you. You could be, you know, out of the home and you could be married, but you're still thinking like sex is wrong. Sex, be, I shouldn't be doing certain acts. And I know that you see um, patients who come to see you. What, what, what process do you work with people on that if it's something that they feel no longer serves them, but it still has a hold on them? For a lot of people, our, our upbringing is going to have a strong foundation in who become as sexual beings as adults. And so if the faith that, or the spirituality that you grow up in um, has messages that are sex negative or messages that are sort of a, a compartmentalizing sex that can only occur in certain constructs like in within marriage or with a certain sort of a, a gender or orientation, um, that can be really hard for people. And it is a, a challenge to work with people to try to balance both your faith and your spirituality with your sexual authenticity. Um, for a lot of people, it's about finding sort of a, a fusion between those two because you don't have to be one or the other. You don't have to be a authentic sexual being and an atheist. You don't have to be a, a, a sexually repressed sort of a, a religious individual. You can find a union between the two, but you have to have a um, an open sort of heart to, to having compromise and being able to sort of make your belief systems less rigid and a little bit more sort of um, in, in that gray area, that flexibility. For a lot of people, there are faiths, like say, if, for example, if we talk about Christianity or Catholicism, some people will go towards, let's say, a faith like uh, the Universitarians, which are, uh, that's a Christian faith that is supportive of the LGBTQ community. They also do uh, uh, weddings that are uh, uh, supportive for, for people of the same uh, uh, genders. There are ways that we can sort of unify faith and sexuality, and I think that's where, for some people, it's really alleviates that guilt right and I guess the first step is just coming in saying it might be a problem you know hearing them talk through it if they mm -hmm. give you like their sexual history or whatever's stopping them because mm -hmm. I know a lot of our listeners have those challenges oh I want to talk about this so people see you mostly patients just like us people call in they're seeing you for like mismatched libidos and stuff um, what about let's go back to the the awards last night, I just wanted to give a shout out to some people besides myself who won, if I told you I won Sex Part of the Year. But we had some um, pleasure products. Sex Lubricant of the Year was Pure. Have you tried Pure Lube? Pure Lube? I have. They're soft glide. It's good. Great brand, yeah. Yeah, it is a good, it is a good brand. Good things. Foria. What do you think about cannabis and um, sex? Interestingly enough, I'm doing uh, at, at the AVN show next week at the convention, I'm doing a, I'm on a panel with uh, discussing CBD and sexuality. Um, I'm a big proponent of, you know, whatever we could do to help reduce sexual anxiety and help sort of create more pleasure, I'm all for it. And so for a lot of people, whether it's uh, reduction of anxiety, uh, reduced inhibitions, whether it's about managing uh, pain, go for it if CBD works for you. Yeah, I mean, there have been some good studies. So I want to say, because my next thing was the um, sexual enhancement product of the year last year, Foria won with their pleasure thing. And mm -hmm. Foria has been a friend uh, for a long time. And Foria is just this really cool CBD product that you can apply. It's like a pre-lube, we call it. And you apply it to the vulva before, you know, sexual activity for about 30 minutes before. And for a lot of women, it can help just relax them. All that anxiety that you're having about sex relaxes the vulva. They can have more orgasms. And then we have another one, Carezza, mm -hmm. which is really cool because Carezza, um, they have an in the moment spray. And then in the moment, you spray it in your mouth. It's K-A-R-E-Z-Z-A. We just, we well, I've tried it, you guys. I mm -hmm. got a pre. They sent it to me about two months ago and I friggin' love it. And it relaxes the mind, elevates your body. There's different ways now to ingest it. So I would just... I, I found it to be very, very useful for me. Even with all my deep breathing and mindfulness, sometimes you just need a spray of CBD. 
Put it on your vulva. And I think for people, to, <laughs> the trial and error, just to like try it out and see what happens. And you can experience something incredible and might as well go for it. There's I mean, so many great innovations right now. I actually do something that's a little bit off label. Um, with some of the CBD products, I'll take the lube and I'll like put it on my knee or my back or like my neck. And it actually reduces the pain if I'm, you know, you know, I've got all my old like sports football injuries and stuff that uh, it actually helps a lot. Yeah, it really. Oh, yeah. It helped with my back. I have lower back pain. Mm-hmm. I just stopped doing other things I was doing mostly and I put that on and it's amazing. Helps all of my mom time. sleep actually. Yeah, CBD. Like through the night, like actually sleep through the night. Yeah, I feel like it, it's true because we're, I mean, we're here in California so we can go out, it's everywhere. So I just think, but people can get it wherever they're living right now. If you go to sexfamily.com, we kept more information oh God, about that, our store. That could totally be another like sex, edu- sex educated party we could have. We could just like uh, lube each other up with like the different like problem areas of our pain. We with, could like, do that. <laughs> I love all of our sex educated, do you remember, we could lube each other up. Do you remember the, um, were you at the uh, the lube wrestling match we had at, at in Vegas at Tom Nardone's room? I mean, which one? I only went to one. <laughs> there used to be this amazing show. So what I love about industry, we have two trade shows a year, the one we talked about earlier this week and me, but there was also the ILS in Vegas and Tom Nardone, who's a friend of ours, and he he friggin' had a, he bought these plastic pools and filled it up with vats of lube and we all uh, lube wrestled. He's such a fun guy. He's just so outgoing and like innovative and creative. Yeah, we need to do more of that. We need to lube each other up more. You want to take some calls, Jerry? <laughs> we should lube each other up. Anyways, okay, so let's talk to Michael from New Mexico who's uh, 55 and he said his girlfriend cried during sex and he thinks that she's lying about the reason. Oh, okay. Hey, Michael. Hi, how you doing, Emily? Great. Thanks for calling. Tell me Love what we... Love your ha- show. Oh, thank you, Michael. Well, uh, let, let, let me tell you what happened. Uh, I was with um, my girlfriend, and we we're at her house, okay? She's recently divorced. Uh, we both are recently divorced, but we've known each other practically all our lives, but we both went our separate ways and kind of reconnected. Um, and so we were at her house, and it was just me and her, and we started getting intimate, frisky, and we took it from the living room to the bedroom. And then we started having sex, and then about halfway in it, she just said, get off me, just stop, get off me, and started crying just like, you know, like I was doing something to hurt her or something like that. Okay. And then when I asked her why, 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 what's wrong, what's wrong, she didn't say anything. And then about a day later, okay, she said, well... It's because, you know, when your face was on me, it reminded me of assault that happened to me Mm. back somewhere else. And then I said, okay, well, that's the last thing I want to be thought of is somebody assaulting you. And then then she gave me two other reasons. Then she says, no, no, because I thought my son was going to come home. And then we plus we had to go get my daughter from the movies. And I don't believe any of them. Okay, because. She's given me three different reasons, okay? And what I thought was, okay, well, maybe because we're at her house in the bedroom that her and her husband shared that maybe she just freaked out, panicked, you know. I could believe that more than the other three huh. uh, scenarios she gave me. So well, I just want to get your uh, viewpoint, what you think it could be or... Well, you know, when you first started talking, I have to say, well, first when I just, when Jamie just read what you were going to say, I thought some women do cry after orgasm. It's completely natural, you know, pleasure. And it's so interrelated. Like you could cry, you could have an orgasm like that happens, but we're not talking about that. So let's go to what you're saying here. 
I mean, to me, they all sound like they could be valid reasons. I sometimes women do cry. It could be a, what we call a trauma response. I would not discount that maybe she's been sexually assaulted and for a lot of, or sexually abused. And for a lot of women, there can be triggers. Um, but it depends on the, you know, there's different ways that women um, cry. Usually you can tell a trauma response. There's a lot of heavy breathing. It sort of sounds like they could be having like a, a panic attack maybe with the tears. Uh-huh. If it was that kind of well, thing. When I asked her, she came back. She came back and said, no, it wasn't that. She didn't know why she said that. And she said the real reason was that she was, she just didn't want to have sex anymore. But I'm like thinking, well, why would you cry if you don't want to have sex? You could just say, hey, let's just stop. We need to go. You know, you don't cry. Well, me, you just don't cry. Well, here's the thing, Michael. Women cry. We cry for all different reasons. But also, she <laughs> might have, I'm telling you, we cry all the freaking time. Did I, I almost cried today. She might have felt weird telling you about that assault. Like, she might have felt not felt comfortable because she may never have told anybody. If that was real, let's just say. And and here's the thing. When women, when we, when men too, when we open up and we get vulnerable, Maybe she wanted to be like, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. But if you were, you know what I mean? Like, who knows how you responded? Or maybe she wasn't even ready and she felt embarrassed or shame for telling you. So I actually can't discount any of them. I could sit here and analyze it all day long, but I wasn't there, Michael. So if you still, well, you like I this. I know. And, and, you know, and I, I asked her if she's ever been like that or freaked out like that with any of her other partners. And she said no. And so that's that's where the confusion came in. And then she says, well, it wasn't about my assault. It was just merely the fact that I just wanted to stop. All right. Hernando, Dr. Chavez. As you were describing it, I was I was on the same boat as Emily of, of like thinking, okay, this could be just a, an orgasmic response that people sometimes laugh. They cry. They have this sort of tension release with orgasm during sex. But it sounds to me more like what, what Emily was mentioning, that sort of a, a trauma response associated with maybe a previous history of assault, coercion, or abuse, and there is a triggering that happened that is, I, I don't want, it's not your fault, it's something that uh, comes up in the moment, and something that we have to either embrace and support, and I'm, I'm proud of you for stopping and, and supporting her in that moment. I want you to try to not personalize this, because it's not about you, it's about her history, her experience, and you can be a supportive person in her life to help her through this because with a lot of people who've experienced abuse or trauma or, or assault it's about creating uh, safety within the relationships and, and you being supportive and also trusting and believing her is one of the ways you can create some of that safety and security and it may possibly be that all of these reasons might be might be relevant for her and it also may be that she had initially told you about that assault and then felt maybe her own shame or guilt about disclosing that and then backtrack to maybe just to use another excuse yeah we don't know because it's going to be up to the two of you to have a relationship that promotes honesty and trust and transparency and and to be really vocal about the realities of what you're experiencing but i do want you to know that um we sometimes personalize things yeah i would say michael if you really care about this woman sounds like you do just say i've been really thinking about it and you can show any side you want to me but i'm here for you and i support you and let's talk more about it don't feel shame and you know it's okay to feel open and talk it sounds like there's some more information and when when we start to feel safe women we're gonna we're gonna tell you everything so i think it's a few some more questions and talking to her about it. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to my incredible team, Ken, Samantha, Julia, Michelle, producer Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. I know I talk a lot about sex toys for women, but not to worry, guys. Let me give you a helping hand. Well, actually, you're going to have to use your hand or your partner's hand. But let me tell you about the new flesh skin from Fleshlight. 
The Flesh Skin is a compact stroker unlike any other. It's open at both ends and has finger holes for the perfect grip. So whether you're using it on your own or letting your partner do the heavy lifting, it's the perfect addition to your bedroom activities. The combination of the comfortable grip, the ability to vary the pressure, and Fleshlight's ultra-realistic silicone will let you in on all the sex toy fun. Just grab some water-based lube and use the Flesh Skin to add a whole new range of sensations to your pleasure. Get a better grip with the flesh skin. Just visit sexwithemily.com slash fleshlight. That's sexwithemily.com slash fleshlight to order your flesh skin today.